The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome Chiefs Kingdom to the Out of Structure Podcast. I'm Matt Stagner from Arrowhead Pride. Uh, with me, as always, my good friend, Ron Top Jr. Ron, how you doing today? Doing good. Another podcast. Got some great questions in. I got, I'm excited for some of these questions, so let's, let's get into it. There's a ton of good Twitter questions, including some from last week that we weren't able to fit in, but we thought they were better fit this week. So let's start right off with at Mr. E-A-T-T-O-E-S-6-9. What are your projected offensive and defensive rankings? And are there any bold predictions you have for this season? Yeah. So first of all, I think I, I would have said Mr. Eat Toes. So I, I, Mr. Oh, Eat Toes 69. So I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what he was going for there. But yeah, no. So projected offensive defensive rankings. I think if you look at the last few years, the offense has been top six, both in points and yards. Last year, they were number one in yards. And then in 2018, they're actually number one in both points and yards. So you got to imagine they're in that range. I'll say they finish at least top four in each, top four points and yards. And then defensively, they've been middle of the pack. I think that's kind of stays the same. I think they're a situational defense more than like a year round where they're going to be one of the top defenses in the league statistically. So I'll go ahead and say that they are middle of the pack in defense. What about you? Yeah, top five offense or, or better and, and probably right around top 10 defense. Any, any real bold pr- predictions from you, Ron? Bold predictions. I mean, it's not much of a bold one, but I'll. I think Mahomes will win MVP this year. I think Mahomes. You know, he he you know missed out on it when he was injured in 2019 last year. He was he was he was my MVP, but I understand why Rodgers got it. He did kind of have the better numbers in some aspects, but I think Mahomes goes scorched earth this year after losing the Super Bowl, and he'll win MVP. Wow, Ron, way to go out on a limb there. Yeah. The award's <laughs> basically named after Mahomes at this point. So yeah. <laughs> That's I tried to preface it. It wasn't bold, but hey, you know, it's a prediction. So I'm going to go with the improvement on the pass rush. I, I think Frank Clark, Jaron Reed, and, and Chris Jones all have double-digit sacks this year. Uh, and, and you Ooh. see that uh, you see that really driving the defense. I love that. That's awesome. I, I really like that. And the last time we saw Reed and Frank Clark together, they both had double-digit sacks. So I think you're on to something. But we'll move on to at Crypto Karma 9's question. Is this the best chance we have ever had or will have at going undefeated this 17-game season? Undefeated. What do you think? You know, first of all, I just want to point out once again, this is insane and it's awesome that this is what we're talking about today as opposed to all the doom and gloom we heard of how this roster was 
worse than last year and right. and the league is catching up to him and the window's closing and the blueprints out you know just just to talk about the idea of going undefeated is uh is bonkers at this point yeah and and i see where the logic is coming from with this question you know last year the team nearly did go undefeated uh you know they lost the one game to the raiders and didn't lose again until the last week of the season um so i see where the logic is here I just, it's a 17 game season and it's just so hard to win every single game. And I do think losing sometimes really helps these teams, you know, uh, some of these elite teams, you know, you lose a game like to the Raiders and it kind of resets your focus and stuff. So I just don't see it happening, but the best chance, you know, I I get where the logic is coming from. Well, Ron, the next question is sort of a follow-up to that one from, from Boopy Doopy, Boopy Doopy girl on Twitter. I love the, the Twitter handle there. How many games overall do you think they win? And do they go back to the Super Bowl for the third straight time? What's your what's your record prediction now that you've seen the schedule? Yes, and if and for all you APers, I you probably saw the the post I had predicting way too early predicting every game of the season, but I had them going 14 and 3 in the regular season. I'm losing the last game of the season, uh, you know, with backups in like last year, so you know, two straight two big regular season losses. And I haven't won in the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. We've seen all the improvements. We're getting hyped up for it. I just, you know, we're talking about the, both the offense and defense, how much better they got. They're winning the Super Bowl again. What about you? Well, Ron, who were your, uh, your three losses in that scenario? So the first loss was Buffalo at home. I know people will probably grill me for that, but the Chiefs always lose a random home October game. It seems like you can, you can put it on the schedule every year. And then I also have them losing Thursday night at L.A. I I think on a short week after another division game before that, you're coming to L.A. where you have to lose two hours of of time, you know, that time difference and just a short week in general. And it's late in the season where you're already maybe a little more banged up. Um, I think it's week 15. So, yeah, I have them losing that game straight up. And then the third loss would be the last game of the season, like I said. All right. So I'm at 15 and two at this point. Um, Again, like you said, they coasted last year for the most part, and this is a better roster. Mahomes more into his prime, hopefully some development on the roster. I think it's a more balanced offense this year. You know, there, there's a real potential for this team. Like you said, they always get tripped up at some point. So let's say a team like Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, uh, there's another bold prediction for you. Maybe that could be a loss and maybe the Chargers game as well. But overall, a very successful season and a, and a potential Super Bowl appearance. Another follow-up question on predictions here, and this is from at sin underscore Bimmons, underscore Bimmons. Sorry, the biggest challenger in the AFC right now, Ron, who's the biggest challenger? I mean, it has to be the Bills, right? And I just predicted the Chiefs to lose to them, so you'd hope that's the biggest challenger. Yeah, I, I think the Bills, I think even if Josh Allen does take a little bit of a step back from his superhumanness last year, I still think they're going to be the best team in the AFC besides the Chiefs. Because honestly, after them, there's not a ton of good contenders. I would say the Browns and the Chargers are in that mix too, but I'd say Bills. What about you? You know, this is the time or year where everybody thinks it's the Browns and the Chargers. So it, it very <laughs> yes, easily, exactly. You know, it could be those guys. I think there's a lot of talent on both of those rosters, and they're pretty young still. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to back to my Missouri roots here and and say I, I'm not gonna believe it until they show me. So maybe we'll, uh, maybe it's Baltimore still. You know, Baltimore still yeah. has, still has a lot of talent. Um, they've had some injury issues and some some ups and downs, but. You know, I still believe in that roster. So until proven otherwise, it's, it's uh, Baltimore. I could see Buffalo, but wait until Cleveland and, and, seeing, and sorry, L.A. Chargers uh, show us something. 
Yeah, and I and I left out Baltimore. I, I will say Baltimore is is that sleeping giant a little bit. They've kind of been un- disrespected with Lamar. You know, people kind of saying Lamar, you know, isn't the greatest thrower or whatever. You know, and they and they improved that receiving core this year. You know, they lost their you know one of their best offensive linemen to us. But uh, yeah, so I, I think Baltimore is still going to be one of the best teams. But we'll move on to Denver refugee how or. Denver refugees question. I mean, I assume he's he's not a Chiefs fan because the way he worded this question, but how would the 2015 Broncos fare against the current version of the Chiefs with Mahomes? 1043, the fan apparently in Denver has been avoiding this question as they get all a flutter about possibly getting Rodgers. So yeah, I think it's a natural comparison to compare, you know, Rodgers going to Denver to when Manning went to Denver. What are your thoughts on that? You know, that was a that was an interesting year, 2015, with Manning and that defense that the Broncos put on the field, full of pass rush. It was not a good matchup for the for the current day Chiefs. They, in a lot of ways, it was like the Tampa Bay that uh, the Chiefs ran across in the Super Bowl. So, it's not a great matchup. But you got to remember, also, I had forgotten this until I went back and looked. That same year, the Chiefs got got Manning benched. For Brock Osweiler, after picking Manning off four times early in that game, they still got to Osweiler one more time after that. You know, the opportunistic defense for the Chiefs, you know, I, with Mahomes, I, I think I think that they still come out on top over the, uh, the corpse of Peyton Manning, just like uh, they did over Tom Brady during the regular season when this team was, was more right than they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think Spags is the difference here. I think Spags just would, you know, uh, crush, not crush, I guess, but just suffocate the Broncos offense. I think they didn't have much going in 2015, but I do agree. I think their defense would have a similar impact as Tampa's defense, and I think that would be a low-scoring, kind of a a rough matchup for sure, but it'd be a fun one. Definitely uh, one of my favorite Chiefs memories, to be honest with you, is picking off Peyton like five or four times, like you said. That was really fun. Well, we've got a lot of other roster questions we can get to. I'm going to try to lump some of these together. So SoCal1186 on Twitter, are there any tryouts or UDFA players who have a chance at making the roster? There was also a question from Jake Wilson at Jake for now. Most likely UDFA to make the team. Ron, go ahead. Yeah, I I think UDFAs are a little tough this year. Um, But if I do have to pick one guy that I think has a chance – and it makes it even less of a chance with recent uh, transactions the Chiefs have made. But DiCaprio Boodle, the cornerback from Nebraska, I've I've liked what I've seen. You know, I've only watched a little bit of uh, highlight things from him, but I like what I've seen from him. And I think the cornerback room is always a room that you could kind of you know put someone at the at the bottom of it and just be a special teams guy at first and and work your way up. But I think they've really solidified the cornerback room now with getting my cues. So I'm not sure if there's room for a guy anymore. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the my first thought is that there's really not a lot of room. There's somebody that makes it every single year and it's usually a surprise. I haven't seen that yet. I think they've got less undrafted free agents in house this year than they have in, in many years in the past and there's less available roster spots. So if you're looking at corner, I'm I'm saying they've got six corners on the final roster, Ward, Fenton, Sneed, Bo Pete Keys, DeAndre Baker, Mike Hughes, which of those and maybe you'll answer this uh, in, in an upcoming segment here, but which of those is at risk in favor of an undrafted free agent? I don't, I'm not sure I see one. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the point. But we'll get to that in a second. But first, we'll answer a couple questions. First from at Chiefly Bacon. With so many players on one-year deals, do we see many surprise cuts to make room for young players on multi-year contracts? 
And also, uh, Matrick Mahomes at Not a Chiefs fan uh, asked, which veteran players do you think are likely cut trade candidates? So actually, that leads right perfectly into our, our segment. What do you got, Matt? Yeah, let's go right into Bubble Watch 2021, where we can talk about one player. Each of us can talk about one player who's on the bubble each week. Ron, last week you said Dorian O'Daniel. Who do you have this week? Yeah, and it's and it's funny. We probably could have just lumped it right in from the, with the last thing we talked about. But I, I think Bo Pete Keys is all of a sudden on that bubble uh, a lot more because of the Mike Hughes signing. I have the Chiefs keeping five cornerbacks. They've historically kept five cornerbacks and then five safeties as well. So 10 overall defensive backs. So then you could also obviously, you know, do six cornerbacks and four safeties if you feel like you need to do that. But I do think if they do keep five corners, then that'd mean Bo Pete Keys is on the outside looking in. Um, I think he'd be a priority practice squad guy for sure. I think he played enough last year to where they they want to keep him around. He wouldn't just be a, a straight cut, but he also might be picked up by another team. So yeah, I, I think Keys is is someone that was affected the most by the Mike Hughes trade because I think it just gives them five solid guys with NFL experience, all five of them. All right. So last week I put Colin Saunders on the bubble. You know, to answer the question more directly, are there veterans on one year deals that are going to be replaced by a younger player on a longer term contract? They're not really handing out a lot of long-term contracts to anybody right now, other than I'm going to assume this question was about draft picks and how they, they're going to be on a rookie deal that'll keep them on the roster for longer. And so does that end somebody's contract, a veteran contract one year earlier than they expected? You know, I'm going to answer this question in a, with an answer we've, we've talked a lot about before. Uh, Laurent Duverde-Tardif coming back from an opt-out year, into a position with way more competition than he's seen before. So he's got the veteran competition. He's got the, on the one-year deal and he's got the rookie competition in Trey Smith on a long year, a longer uh, contract. His, his roster spot could seriously be in jeopardy. He's on the last year of his contract. He's making a little bit of money compared to some of these other guys. And there are so many other options at right guard at this point, LDT could be on that bubble. Yeah, I agree. I actually didn't have him making the 53-man roster when I did a little way-too-early prediction last week. Uh, I just think, like you just said, there's so much competition, and I, I don't think he wants to come back and just you know ride the bench and be a, a you know a, a team player and a reserve guy. No, he wants to come back and start. So I would I would see the Chiefs like working with him to get him to a place where he could become you know he, a team needs a starting right guard. So I, I think that is how this will work out. So that answers the long-term the long-term contract part of the question. Uh, but for my official Bubble Watch 2021 edition for this week, I'm going to point out that Bubble Watch isn't necessarily a negative thing. If you're a veteran player and you're on the bubble, obviously it's not where you want to be. You want a secure spot on the roster, a secure role with the team. But there's a lot of undrafted free agents, a lot of futures contracts, a lot of late round draft picks where being on the bubble is, a, is actually a good thing. It's what they're aspiring to do because it means they have a chance. So I'm going to add a positive bubble watch candidate, somebody who uh, feels like a long shot in a lot of ways, but has gotten a little bit of love from the Chiefs staff recently. Antonio Callaway, the wide receiver, he's had some production in the past. There is a spot at wide receiver, at least in, in the, the prediction that I have, with the Chiefs keeping six wide receivers with Hill, McColl, Robinson, Powell, and Pringle. There's one more spot available. Now, they, I know they signed a guy this week, Ron, but uh, I think Callaway might be the front runner for that last wide receiver spot until proven otherwise. 
Yeah, and and I think it's a little unique in Callaway's situation because he's not a special teams guy. He really has never been much of a special teams guy. When you look at his special team snaps, he he only does kick return, punt return. So you kind of want a special teams guy your sixth receiver, and that's actually why I had Kemp being added as a seventh receiver to kind of make up for that. But I do think they really want to be able to use Callaway's ability on the offense. I think he could be like a situational deep threat that overwhelms the defense when they have to worry about Hill and Hardman already. I mean, I, and I just think we've seen him produce in the NFL. I mean, it was only one season, but 2018, he was a legitimate receiver. I mean, this isn't a guy that we haven't seen do anything yet in the NFL and we're projecting. He he played really well for the Browns in 2018. So I think it's a good, good pick. So just because he's the last receiver on our list to make the roster, it doesn't necessarily mean he's the number six wide receiver and has to be a special teamer either. You've already got some tremendous special teams players above him on that roster with Byron Pringle, with Demarcus Robinson, and then potentially Cornell Powell coming in. I think all three of those guys can be legit special teams players. There may be a spot for a guy like Callaway, even if he's not a special teams ace, to be more of a part of the offense and push some of those other guys into the special teams roles. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think you have a good point. Most teams, wide receivers two and three, which, you know, like a Hardman or Robinson aren't your, you know, as many as good as special teams guys as they are as well. So, yeah, I think it's a good point. All right. Next question. Acquiring former first round picks for practically nothing. At this point, can we call that the Brett Veach special officially? Yeah, I think you can because he just continues to do it and it hasn't really steered him wrong yet. I mean, I know I guess Darren Lee was was one that just popped in my head. That was a form and we didn't see much from him, but it's not like that took, you know, it's not like that took it was a sixth round pick, I think, seventh round pick to trade it for him. But yeah, you no, know, we saw, you know, we've seen it with Reggie Ragland was one of the first trades he ever made as GM. Um, you know, we've seen it. So I I, I think it is a Brett Feach special. You know, we're speaking of nicknames. First of all, the follow-up question talks about our friends at the Great British Chiefs Show. Again, if you haven't seen that show, make sure you're following those guys and make sure you're listening to their podcast. The follow-up question mentioned they can help with the trademark. So they had a whole conversation about this, and I'm thinking we need to we need to weigh in on what nickname do you like for the new Chiefs offensive line? They talked about Great Barrier Chiefs. Uh, they mentioned Department of Mahomes Land Security, even though that's a little verbose. One that I hadn't seen them talk about are others. I personally like the Great Wall of Mahomes. Ron, where do you fall on this new offensive line and their nickname? Give me Great Barrier Chiefs. I don't know what it is. It just it rolls out off the tongue well. It sounds good to me. I know there's the these other two that we you mentioned are are kind of more like make more sense like from like a, if you if you painted a picture of it or whatever but no I, I i like great barrier chiefs i just like how it sounds and and shout out the great british chief show all right well at this point let's go ahead and take a quick break we'll come back with more of your questions on the out of structure podcast support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, so we're back on the Out of Structure Arrowhead Pride podcast. Me and Stag's going through your questions on Twitter, and we'll get right back into it. So at Gregory Mac 11 on Twitter asked us, who do you expect a bigger year from, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Demarcus Robinson, or Legarius Sneed? I think I know where you land on this, but give your answer. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire all day long. He is the yeah. guy that I think is just going to have a monster season. I'll be his biggest cheerleader this year. Again, some of that comes from me just going back and rewatching what he did last year as a rookie. I saw a lot of positive signs from him. Even when there wasn't much cooking, he was making something out of nothing. He was really substantial at those first down drives, the, the moving the chains, the ability to, to get five, seven yards when they needed you know, four or six. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is poised for a big year with a huge improvement to the blocking in front of him hopefully a more balanced offense, hopefully more from the passing game for that guy, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, all day long. And I don't disagree. I, I think Edwards-Hilaire will have a, a, a good year, but um, or, you know, a, a really good year. But I, I think Legereus Sneed, man, I, I really think he is a, a, a diamond in the rough that the Chiefs just happened to find in the fourth round. And he didn't play all last year, so we didn't see him play a whole, a whole season yet. But Man, when he gets all 16 games and he's able to, you know, he's more comfortable, obviously, now uh, knowing Spag's system a little more. I mean, just to think about the interceptions he was able to bring in. He got three last year in nine games, but also the sacks. I mean, how many sacks did he have last year? Uh, I'm looking at his pro football reference, honestly, right now. It only says two. And I just, that doesn't sound right to me. I feel like he got to the quarterback a lot more. I mean, I remember that late stretch in the season. He had like three or four games in a row. So maybe some of those are half sacks that they're counting. And, you know, you count them as a full sack, you know, when it's a defensive back uh, running through. Including the playoffs in that number as well. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And so I just think he was so good around the ball, uh, around the line of scrimmage. I think that's why I would like him to stay inside when they are nickel and have someone else play the outside so they can continue to use his playmaking ability from the slot. And, you know, for tackle for losses and sacks and stuff. So I think Sneed's going to be one of the best defenders. He already was one of the most important defenders on the team last year. So I think maybe this year he he'd be he might take it another step, maybe even Pro Bowl. Yeah, no question. All right, next up from Albert Wilkinson at Burt Wilkinson on Twitter. What AFC quarterback will throw more touchdown passes to Chiefs players this season? Will it be Chad Henney or Derek Carr? Go ahead, Ron. Oh man, what a question! What a question! No, I got I gotta go, Derek Carr. Gotta 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 give him credit. You know, I mean, he's he's a he's a good quarterback for what he does. You know, he's not a clutch quarterback, that's for sure. We know that as Chiefs fans, but he'll, he'll get the job done. He'll put up some meaningless stats this year. So, yeah, I'll go Carr. <laughs> yeah, Carr, two, Henny, none would be my prediction for this year. <laughs> Ron, let's keep, let's keep the questions moving. Let's do a little lightning round here. Go ahead. All right, so predict the yards, touchdowns, interception stats for Mahomes in the 17-game season. What do you got? Great question from Rybred86. I'm going to go 5,400 yards, 53 touchdowns, basically – taking 2018 and adding an extra game to it. Um, that's my prediction. I'm sticking to it. 
Yep, I, I'm with you. I think 5,000 plus, 50 plus touchdowns is is the floor. I think he has to have that and 10 or fewer picks. So go All to right, the next question. Santi Gonzalez, could you see any possibility of three rookies? And, and I guess you can put rookies in italicies, but uh, Humphrey at center, Trey Smith at right guard, and Yang at right tackle. Is that a possibility? I mean, it's absolutely a possibility. I mean, it has to be. I mean, Smith is a guy that could have been a second or third round pick. And then when you think of him like that, then, you know, why couldn't a second or third round pick start? But I don't see him starting right away, Trey Smith. But the other two, yeah, it's, uh, that's probably more likely than not. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, exactly. All right. So question from Jay Mill the Ham at Jay Mill the Ham. What current Kansas City Chiefs coaches and coordinators could be head coaching candidates before the 2022 season? You know, there's a there's probably a lot of candidates here. Some of the same usual names that get mentioned every year. I don't know. If the, is the window closing on Eric Bieniemy at this point and Dave Tobe? Those guys were hot names for so many years. Uh, is the window closing on those two? I think so. I think well, maybe not Bieniemy. I think Bieniemy still has a chance. He's 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 still kind of younger. I think I don't, I'm not sure, but I think Tobe is is done. I think right. I mean, I he, if he hasn't gotten it by now, I think he's just going to be forever special teams coordinator. But I will say one guy that I, I want to make sure we we put out there because I really do think maybe not head coaching candidate, but defensive coordinator candidate next year will be Brendan Daly. I think Brendan Daly was a guy that could have been the DC in New England uh, when he was there and they kind of passed him up to go with Brian Flores. And that's why he ended up leaving from what I understand. Um, so I, I think Daly could be a guy that if, if Spags doesn't move on soon, because I know Spags wants to be a head coach. And he said that if Spags doesn't move on soon to another venture, Daly is going to get poached from us and become someone else's DC and, and might be a really good one. From Justin Spear at the Fadeaway J, if an alien landed on Earth and was able to watch every game from every quarterback with no context, no winning and losing, no coaching, no what is a complete team, who would those aliens rank as the top five quarterbacks? I'm going to go with current quarterbacks, not quarterbacks ever. Uh, and why is Mahomes number one and Brady uh, at the bottom of that list? <laughs> So I think it's just hilarious because he's right. Like if you if you don't know anything about football and you watch Brady play, it's not exciting at all. But yeah, no, I'd, I'd say Mahomes is definitely number one. I think Lamar Jackson should be number two just because of how crazy he does look when he's running the ball and stuff. So I'd say him, Josh Allen, number three, Josh Allen for sure. And then probably like I'd, I'd say Rodgers has to still be up there and everything. So. I'll give you four. That, those are my four. What about you? Yeah, put Russell Wilson on that list too. And then, yeah, to me, it, it may depend on where the aliens are actually from. No, I, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I, I'm saying they're probably going to pick Mahomes because he's one of them, and that leads right to our to our next question. <laughs> yeah. So the next question. This is this is an interesting one. So okay, how about this? I don't think it's from a Chiefs fan, but. What makes y'all think Mahomes is anything but a product of Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, a track team of other receivers, and a consistently great pass block? We saw Patrick crumble in the Super Bowl when his own line finally looked mortal. And to follow up with that, uh, Cody Douglas at C. Douglas on Twitter, maybe a better question is, is Mahomes a system or a product of the system? What do you got? You know, Mahomes is who he's always been. From From Texas Tech to that first pass he threw as a chief, He's different, man. He's a unicorn. He plays the game like nobody else plays it. Sure, every player is mortal, you know, and Mahomes just flat out is the best in the world, period. That's all there is to it. No player can can win a Super Bowl on their own like we saw in that in that game, but there, there's nobody else like Mahomes and any any doubters uh, um, should be uh, should be quiet by now. 
Yeah, I think quarterbacks would definitely excel in Mahomes' a spot. I don't think that's the question, but how many quarterbacks are doing exactly what he's been doing? I mean, I, we have never seen a quarterback accomplish as much success as Mahomes has in his first three years, and I don't think that's a mistake. So, I, I think mean, it's Alex Smith was good in the system with these weapons and a better offensive line. That doesn't mean he was Mahomes, right? Exactly. No, and we saw what happens when, you know, you have a quarterback that's good for the regular season or good for, you know, in the system, but can't go outside the system. And that's what Mahomes is doing. He's winning outside of what Reed has given him to do. So you might say out of structure. Yeah, go ahead. Aha, there you go. All right. All next right. question from Stu. KC Stu says, why won't we sign or why won't the Chiefs sign a true wide receiver? <laughs> I don't even, what does this question even mean? I mean, of course, what the Chiefs have signed. I mean, I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about that? I don't understand that question. Let's tell you what, let, let's transition to our next question as a two-parter because we've got a lot of questions on this guy, which I think might be the answer from ACRIM, A-C-R-I-M, KC15, Krim Andrew on Twitter. Do you believe that Cornell Powell will start this year? If so, does he go over 500 yards? And then from K. Vincent Belt, uh, Cornell Powell is the perfect example of a player who peaked at that wide receiver factory known at Clemson in the second half of the year. What are his chances to take over Sammy Watkins' snaps? I I see where I see where this this is going, and I the Chiefs agree. I think the Chiefs have called him basically not a Sammy Watkins replacement, but they've said he can do stuff that Sammy has done for them in the past and that short area winning quick routes kind of thing. So I absolutely see Powell. He's a guy that I, I don't think should have went in the fifth round. And we keep saying that about these guys. And and I know it's being, it may sound homerish to kind of keep saying it, but it just doesn't seem like he's a fifth round type of receiver. And if you compare him to the other two players on the roster that are going to be kind of playing that similar role, uh, Pringle or Robinson, he already looks kind of like a better route runner than both of them. Um, he looks, he, he shows some great jump ball ability for his size. And I don't, and I know Robinson has been trusted to do some of that in his career, but Man, it, it, at the same time, a lot of he he drops the ball a lot too. So, I don't know. I, I think Powell is a guy that could definitely come in and, and do what Sammy has done for this offense the last few years. Moving forward, uh, from at KC Clint fifteen on Twitter, could we see Willie Gay, Anthony Hitchens, and Nick Bolton frequently on the field together? If not, why? What do you got? I'm not sure that we will. I think it's possible. I, I would love to see it, but. Bolton so far in camp, rookie minicamp has talked about working at the will on the mic position. That's presumably Gay and Hitchinson's spot. So who's going to play Sam in this scenario? I, I would say Bolton in that scenario, I think, just because Gay should have a little bit more comfort uh, in the system, being able to do coverage responsibilities more than Bolton would have as a rookie. All right. From built to last 13, I think is what it says, at BL2 last 13 on Twitter. I'm going to read this how I imagine him writing it. Hey, is anyone but me excited about what turns out with our late round picks? I mean, come on, Smith and the six. I understand blood clots, but come on, if they can manage it or even better fix it, it's a major steal. Also, Powell, good hands, big, replace Robinson. <laughs> that was a great impression. I'm sure he would appreciate that if he's listening or he or she. Yeah, so I, it is it is exciting, and we kind of just touched on it a little bit. But, I mean, it is exciting. I mean, Trey Smith was a former five-star recruit. Powell was a former four-star recruit. They're coming from big schools where you could see it happen, where they just get buried on the depth chart a little bit early in their careers. And, yeah, it's, it's just a little it, – it's funny. Um, I know Powell's one of your favorite picks. 
You bet. Right along with Noah Gray, those are my two favorite picks. I am excited about the late round picks. Somewhat we talk ourselves into them, I think. We hype them up a little bit, but it looks like a really good crop. Ron, let me give you one more question. Uh, uh, you can do the two-parter here on uh, the defensive end position. Yeah, so to finish it off, let's go. What are your thoughts on letting Chris Jones convert to just a DN? That is from at 8RJ804. And then to kind of uh, couple with that, we we had a question from at Cali Lakers 1970. With only 53 spots on the season roster, can the Chiefs squeeze in Melvin Ingram at DN? So I definitely don't think Chris Jones is a full-time defensive end. That takes away from who he is. Who Chris Jones is as an elite athletic interior pass rusher. He's not that same guy outside. Sure, I would look at Melvin Ingram, but I'm not sure the Chiefs do. Yeah, no, I, I think Chris Jones is, is definitely a guy that his length allows him to be a good def- defensive end against the run maybe, but I think where he wins is inside against the pass rush. So I, 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 see, I see him being situationally on the edge. Last question from Todd Johnson. He asked, what's the update on the health recovery of DeAndre Baker? <laughs> we know as much as you know, guys. I don't know, Stags. What do you have to say about that? You know, my sources say, they say, who are you? Stop texting me. I'm not your sources. You know, <laughs> who knows? I mean, I think the Chiefs are optimistic. I think they think that he'll contribute, maybe even start. They like the player. They're optimistic about his health, but we won't get any real updates, at least until St. Joe. Uh, so we'll talk then. Ron Cop Jr., Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Thank you for your time. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week on the Out of Structure podcast. Join us next week. And if you haven't already done so, go out there and give us a rating and a review uh, here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We appreciate it, Ron. Have a good week. I'll talk to you soon, man. Appreciate it.